It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard. There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered. I'm Dr. Bond, and I'm a licensed psychologist. And I'm Dr. Satuni, and I'm a board-certified sleep and pulmonary physician. And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill. This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice. Podcasts are not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. So help your friends sleep better. Share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Wait, what are we talking about? What's this episode going to be about? <laughs> Welcome back, Sleep Nation. Hey, Dan. How are you? Hey, Michelle. I'm good. So tell us what you're doing right now, Michelle. Well, so it turns out it looks like I need a new phone. And mm. so we, uh, we've we just been kind of sitting down and you've been telling me all the things I'm doing wrong with my <laughs> my phone issues. So Not wrong. I'm just trying to help you save some money. You are. I mean, but this is opening up an entire new world that I'm not familiar with, and I'm not a big shopper, so Uh it's just kind of figuring out what I want to do. But um, yeah, I am told that an an, like an iPhone eight is kind of antiquated. Hey, it still works for you though. It still does work, except you know, none of my apps are working. None of them open up. (laughs) We're we're trying, but you have not enough memory on your phone. You have too many pictures of you know your. Your son's citrus play. So that's what we were watching yesterday is, is oh. re- replays of my son's citrus play in 2016 when he was oh. in kindergarten. So it was very cute. Nice. Yes. No. Well, I would say if the phone still works, that's a good thing. But I would say, are you still able to get like security updates? That's the biggest thing. Does your phone update? Not anymore. It just stopped. Mm, so that's that's okay. why we're having this conversation. Yeah. But. Definitely. Well, I would say rule of thumb: if you buy it outright and then you choose your cell phone service later, then you can. And shop it won't deals. even back up anymore. Oh. But that's yeah. because of my cloud issue. So. Um, anyway. You know, go go through Google. Google will give you everything for free. But you know, Google it's like you kind of sell your soul a little bit when you use Google stuff, because they search all your stuff. Yeah. But, um, I figure I'm search I'm searched already. So mm, anyway, who knows? Yeah. Well, keep us posted. I'm excited to hear about the Michelle phone upgrade journey. Yeah. Are we reviewing any products this week? Um, So, yes. Speaking of saving money, hello, Sleep Nation out there. So what I wanted to talk about um, today, we're going to review a product called YNAV, or You Need a Budget. And um, this is a software that I've been aware of um, for a while before. And actually, one of my friends has used it before, but I never, like, took the, the big leap and dove off of it. Um, until actually this came from about from uh, a client that I work with and I was like, you know what, let me take a deeper dive into this. Um, and so I have been using it for the past month and a half. Um, so again, uh, I would say... So is it an app or is it yeah. a website that you go to? So great. It's both an app and a website and it's called, it's YNAB or youneedabudget.com. Um, and let me pull up the pricing too, because that's, that's always important. Um, you do, you can do a free trial um, of, of YNAB. So you can get it, I think a 34 day free trial. Um, but the cost of YNAB, as soon as I can scroll down to it, pricing, pricing, um, the cost of YNAB is I you, love this logo. Yes. Yeah. I would say also watch their YouTube channel. There's lots of um Hannah is on their YouTube channel. 
Um, she's pretty, <laughs> she's fun. Um, and then um, YNAB also, I would say, so YNAB's a little bit different. Sorry, before I get decided, distracted, pricing. You can pay for it annually for $99 a year, or you can pay for it monthly for $14.99 a month. Um, but what I would say is try it out and try it first. The, the big difference between YNAB and other apps like Mint or Personal Capital or Monarch is the other one that I've used. I've also used Simplify before by Quicken. That's, uh, that's the newer version of Quicken. Um, is that really what YNAB is, is it's a digital slash electronic envelope system for managing your money. And the reason why I like YNAB is I use it both in my business as well as for my personal life. And the premise of YNAB is really that you you give every you're, you're doing a few things. You're giving every dollar that you, that comes into your account. You're giving it a purpose. That purpose could be for savings, or that purpose could be for spending something. And then you are also learning how to budget and or plan for what we call or what YNAB calls like your true expenses. And true expenses are those unexpected things like your car breaking down or the new cell phone that you got to get, Michelle, because you can't get updates anymore. Um, you don't have to get it. Your phone still works. But I would say if you can't get security updates, maybe you want to look into that a little bit more. Um, so what you do with YNAB is the money comes in and you create your budget. And what it does is the goal of YNAB. So this is where YNAB is different from Monarch and uh, simplify and 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 quick and even QuickBooks. Actually, I've used Quick. I use QuickBooks in my business. Um, I actually prefer YNAB over QuickBooks for my business. Um, but the the real advantage is YNAB is meant to actually make you stop and think and check your budget before you spend money. Versus a lot of other apps take the approach of let me automatically pull in all your transactions and then not really change your spending behavior, but let you be aware of how much you've already spent. So YNAB is trying to get to that point before you make a decision to spend money because it gives you these digital envelopes that you can track what you're spending money in. And so like if you have a grocery budget of, let's say you put your, you give yourself like 300 bucks a month in groceries, when those transactions come in on the card, you categorize them or you put them in manually and it'll tell you how much is remaining for you for the month or for the week or for every two weeks or however often you want to do it so that you know exactly where you're at. And then when you overspend on something, it says, hey, Michelle, you just spent 50 more dollars on your groceries this month. Where do you want to pull that money from? So that's how it helps you to stick with your budget, is that it's saying, okay, if I spent 50 more groceries, that means I got to pull it from this other fund over here. Maybe I'm going to take it from my eating out money. So that's what I really love about YNAB. Um, so it's been exciting so far, but as with any habit change, this is a new habit. I would say a month and a half, it's still a relatively young habit change. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say check in with me in about six months and see how I'm doing. Be like, Dan, where are you at with the YNAB? So I'll be like, girl, let me tell you where I'm at with the YNAB. <laughs> um, so, but so far, I would say I would highly recommend it. The other thing that, that I like about YNAB that's a very big difference um, is that you can schedule free Zoom classes with them all the time. So YNAB is a big financial education, is a big part of their kind of mission. So you can schedule Zoom classes with them that they have on budgeting, on how to manage your credit card debt, on how to um, plan for vacations, how to handle everything. Um, and there are live Zoom classes. So they're usually about 45 minutes in length. And there's usually like structured like learning content for about the first 30 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, usually question and answer. So if you have questions, you can talk to a real live person and get those questions answered. So 
Anywho, YNAV or youneedabudget.com. I would say, uh, uh, so far, five stars, Michelle. Five Excellent. stars. Well, I'm gonna, yeah. I bookmarked it. I'm going to look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this kind of gets gets along with, you know, when you find that you're, you know, having any issues, whether it's with your business or your personal mm-hmm. life, and you feel like you're just holding a lot of, um, you know, balls in the air, mm-hmm. um, having a really good game plan helps with relaxation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. Money worry is a big worry. Well, um, I want to bring something up today for our topic. Um, and it's something that I'll put in the notes where you can get more information on it. But um, I want to talk about microsleep. Do you know about microsleep? Oh, no. Well, I've heard a little bit, only because we were chatting briefly. But tell me, Michelle, what is micro sleep all right so i'm I'm reading directly off of the sleep foundation website um and what is it it's the micro term micro sleep refers to very short periods of sleep that can be measured in seconds rather than minutes or hours then it says even if you're not familiar with the word micro sleep or micro napping you likely have experienced this phenomenon or witnessed someone else experiencing it so microsleep comes up a lot in um, the sleep world. Is someone will come in with maybe a complaint about not sleeping well at night and feeling excessively tired during the next day. And one of the things that that I always ask somebody that says that they're tired during the day is, do you have periods during the day where you feel like you're having trouble focusing and that you're not not as engaged? And do things kind of happen almost in autopilot for you? So. You know, the classic example is someone says, you know, I've just like been really tired all day. I'm just kind of going through the motions or I don't even remember how I got home and I was just so tired. Mm -hmm. But one of the first things that falls apart when sleep is not good at night is their day. And and really that's part of the definition of insomnia is if you don't sleep, but you don't have any problem with that and it doesn't affect you the next day, then it's not really a problem. Mm -hmm. It's that you get less sleep. So micro-sleeping is really dangerous in the fact that you are awake, your eyes are open, and then a second or a minute later, you're not. Mm -hmm. And so things that can happen are, you know, dropping something. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in a car, um, you know, not realizing that the light changed. Mm -hmm. Or if you are walking, maybe like walking into something because you're kind of going into these autopilot stages or people lose their track when they're talking. Wow. Um, So it becomes really problematic. And then during the day, because these little periods of usually stage one sleep, because you can still maintain your postural tone and keep your eyes open during stage one, because these things just start racking up and sleep is almost a bank where you're going to get somewhere around six, eight hours of sleep. But mm-hmm. if you if you bank up a bunch of these micro sleep periods during the day, it contributes to that cycle of sleeping poorly at night. And yet you don't even realize that you did it. Right. So um, what there are is some risk factors for this Mm -hmm. and generally sleep deprivation as you can imagine sleep deprivation at night will be a big risk factor Um, but people that have sleep disorders like obstructive sleep apnea or that are uh, working shift work or people that um, that truly are working uh, on 
trying to sleep better, just not sleeping better and not recognizing that laying in bed awake is not the same as actually sleeping. Mm -hmm. These things start adding up. And um, because you're not recognizing how much sleep you're accumulating during the day, because it is not good quality sleep, the insomnia is persistent. Mm. So um, microsleeping is a huge risk for traffic accidents, um, also for making mistakes on the job. And when you kind of look at this on how you can kind of intervene, the important part is not letting your brain just take over. It's being very consistent and and, uh, making sure that you are giving yourself that sleep opportunity Mm -hmm. and recognizing when you feel tired and sleepy during the day and then doing something about it. So, you know, we try and be very proactive on this Mm -hmm. podcast with um, basically identifying an issue, but then working on how to improve it. So I want to talk about what I think would be probably the best way to to manage this and i want to hear what you have to say okay okay? yeah so regardless of the cause when someone is telling me they're not sleeping well at night and then they're having these lapses during the day one of the things they try and do is get control of it so during the day i would ask the person to decide on uh, maybe two or three periods of time during that day where they may have the opportunity to sit and um, in a quiet place and take a nap. And most people look at me like I have five heads, you know, don't Mm -hmm. you know, I do this for a living. I am in front of children all the time. If I'm a a teacher, I'm a truck driver, I'm a physician or a lawyer, like I just don't plan my day that way. But I'll tell you, it's almost the equivalent of a bio break, a bathroom break, Mm -hmm. a snack break. So we're talking about maybe Mm. like a five or 10 minute Mm -hmm. opportunity to go into a quiet spot. Um, And a lot of times I do combine this uh, with caffeine uh, or a medicine. So, you know, the calf nap is is, it's called. But um, basically before you get that sensation that you are just too tired to keep moving is you plan on a actual nap. Mm And at most, I would say two or three times uh, during the day that this could happen. And at the very minimum, one. So you don't want to just literally plan every two hours to take take these little times. But if you can plan a five-minute opportunity, so 10 minutes mm-hmm. of where you actually get into um, that spot and including the five minutes of nap opportunity, these micro-sleep periods will not invade into your sleep because you're actually allowing your body to get that sleep that you need mm-hmm. so uh, i like i like incorporating that i like incorporating in someone's day maybe you know the earplug or the eye mask and definitely someplace quiet and calm i've heard people you doing this in the bathroom which is probably not good i've heard of people mm. doing this in taking a, a nap in the bathroom in the passenger side of the car you know you never know so wow. you never know that you may not have necessarily another place where someone's not watching you sure uh, so think about like maybe uh, somebody that works in a community type of right, setting right. where, you know, sitting at your desk, it would look very bad and, and odd to do right. that. And maybe outside, it's just not a safe environment. Right. So, hot, you know, yeah. being able to go to like either a bathroom setting or maybe some sort of, you know, safe closet or another mm-hmm. room for five or 10 minutes would not 
um, be that. And, you know, somebody may think that they're making a phone call. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of uh, younger kids and teenagers, uh, I would say younger kids meaning high school, not not small kids. (laughs) Um, But I would say is is even putting some earbuds in like they're on a call or they're listening to. Uh, like some music so they don't have that stigma but if you have your eyes covered in some way either with your hand or an eye mask Mm -hmm. you're not um, not going to look like you're falling asleep Mm. but isn't that sad like how we have such a stigma against sleep that you're somehow like you shouldn't be sleeping but i'm like people we need sleep absolutely yeah um, I think that the, the stigma obviously would be much worse if you were doing something that you either injured yourself or, right. or got yourself into some Absolutely. trouble. Right. Um, I, the world needs more naps. <laughs> when yeah. I counsel Just not school, school-age kids, yeah. I mean, this has happened even during examinations. Yeah. And um, it's it's obviously can be very disheartening for you know, a kid either to not finish uh, finish something or be being told that it's just a bad habit. Yeah. So um, identifying this. Now, I'm going to make a caveat by saying is if, if you're one of these people that does this on a regular basis and it's not related to you know, time travel or some work issues, as, as he's yawning like right in front of me, oh. um, then I would really kind of examine and look back and say, you know, I, I need to make mm-hmm. a priority and to change something because that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Over age 65, under age 5 is pretty typical and normal for napping uh, because of the either the sleep fragmentation or the amount of time that somebody's needing to sleep. But in the middle part, that is just a sign that you may be just chronically sleep deprived, which mm-hmm. affects more than half of our country right now. Yeah. So um, do you have any ideas on what you might do to, uh, to ward off these micro sleeps or has this ever happened to you? I would say like micro, so I have had, I don't know if I have defined them as micro sleep episodes before, but I do have episodes where I find it really hard to stay awake and to stay focused. And it's usually because what I'm doing is incredibly sedentary. Like I would say where this shows up the most for me is if I'm like listening to a lecture in some way um, or something that's very passive kind of learning those are hard because I'm just like, oh, my brain just wants to shut off and take a nap. Um, so, yeah. So I, I would say it's happened in those situations to which, or, and it's a cold room. It's like a cool, like, location and the lights are dimmed because you're watching somebody's PowerPoint. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to take a nap right now. Um, but what I would say in, in general, other parts of life, I think napping as, as a rule of thumb is a great idea as long as you're keeping it within a specific kind of limit. So I would say overall, no more than 30 minutes as a a nap. And then ideally, you don't want to be doing multiple kind of episodes of of napping that would exceed that 30 minutes. So primarily because... It's a slippery slope when you're you're talking about a person that already has some sleep issues. Right. Now, according to Sleep Foundation, American Academy of Sleep Medicine, sleep medicine uh, physicians the recommendation is to avoid the triggers like the sleep deprivation or burning the candle on both ends. Mm-hmm. And then they're recommending using a wake promoting medications in helping to reduce these episodes. Now, wake promoting medications can be something like your coffee. Mm-hmm. It could be um, caffeine tablets or pills. Or now, caffeine drinks. Do you know how many caffeinated beverages and energy beverages there are right now? Oh my gosh. There's more than I can keep track of. Yeah. I mean, it tells it tells us that this is not a not a limited problem. But anything that is really non-specific, like the adenosine blockers, which is the, ca- the caffeine, 
or traditional stimulants that work on norepinephrine, they are going to have longer lasting effects. Um, there are prescription weight promoting agents that work more on the dopamine system as opposed to the norepinephrine system that may have less effect on this. But again, um, this, these are now medicines that you're using to, to fix it. But sure. when you're talking about public health, uh, driving, working, um, especially in, in something where you can't fix the sleep deprivation that accumulates such as shift work disorders that we, um, we end up needing to treat it. So the other recommendation is when to talk to your doctor. If you're experiencing this, these microsleeps um, and they are not something that you are fixing, but they are affecting you during your day, you really want to talk to any um, medical provider about this and just resist that urge to just say, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, that was clumsy of me walking into the side because it can be it can be Absolutely. pretty significant. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but do you do you know how much sleep that you're supposed to get for your age? Well, I know it's ne not necessarily the amount of sleep. It's ideally the quality of the sleep that you get. But technically, there right. is a, a, a defined amount of sleep that is rec recommended for... It's usually a range, though. There's a range. Right. So what do like you think a, your range is? My range for me, like personally, or what do I think the guidelines say? The guidelines. Oh, the guidelines. Now we can talk about yours. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it depends on what I'm doing on a given week. <laughs> uh, I know the guidelines say for a healthy, like, adult, you should be getting anywhere from, like, it could be as low as six, but up to eight hours of rest, like, a night. So. Yeah, seven to nine mm -hmm. uh, is what is on the Sleep Foundation website. Um, there's some, some charts. Again, it's very dependent on your age. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you that in a school age child, it's 10 to 12 for the lower ages. School age, right. That's the key thing and, you have to define. And for the high age. school, 8 to 10. Yep. Um, and there's not many high schoolers in the United States, at least, that are getting 8 to 10 right. hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, the traffic accidents go up. The mm -hmm. school absentee stuff goes mm -hmm. up. Definitely mental illness goes up as sleep times go down. So. Mm -hmm. It's a big, it's a big push that we have. Absolutely, but I think this is why a lot of like schools, at least in high school, kind of times of day are kind of shifting to a later start of day for for that. But then it makes a lot of the younger kids get up super early for school. So yeah, but when they're shifting again, they're doing this little little bits are going the correct direction, but it's still not enough. You know, right. that 15 minute for Hillsborough County, that, mm -hmm. that was the change. Right. It's something, but right. it's definitely, they don't need to be done with school at 150. They don't, right. they don't need to be encouraging the nap in the afternoon. Right. Or really, because what, what are your opinions on this daylight saving? Should we get rid of it? Should we keep it, Michelle? Is it the... Oh, our next talk, it... our next talk <laughs> in, in two weeks, we are going to talk about standard time. Yes. Okay? Because we are approaching that, and mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of data science that goes along with it. So mm -hmm. I, I want to kind of hold my... Yes, hold including, my I think, heart attacks rise. Oh, my gosh. And there's there's so much to things. talk about. Like, yeah. But, um, but, you know, one of the things is we don't, as humans and as, as our, you know, animal instincts, we don't get to make these changes for ourselves just mm -hmm. because it's more convenient for work or for mm -hmm. school. Um, and I think you just have to recognize that when you don't feel well, sometimes it might be you know exactly what you need to, to do to treat it. We right. just don't have that built into our cycle. Mm -hmm. So not punishing people for 
um, you know, either taking naps or needing naps and not punishing, you know, Absolutely. workers for calling and saying, listen, nap I Nap love, but healthy nap love. Healthy yes. nap love. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. It's going to be part of our swag. Yeah. That would go great on like a t-shirt or a throw blanket or a nappy. Yeah. Napwear. Napwear. Agreed. Sli- slippers. We need napwear slippers. Awesome. I love this conversation. Looking forward to the next podcast, too. All right. Well, with that, we're going to um, leave you with information about how to reach out to us and let us know if you like this podcast. The Sleep Takeout Podcast is done because we enjoy talking about sleep, and we mm-hmm. hope that you enjoy learning and listening about sleep. So let us know what you think. If you have any ideas, uh, Sleep pod, Sleep Takeout is on sleep takeout at gmail.com mm-hmm. we have a facebook page i think we have twitter twitter page we do have twitter i know that we have a youtube site so let us know if you want to physically see more of us or if you just like listening to our you love our voices. soothing voice <laughs> you didn't take us through anything this time oh i know i that, will have to, we'll have to say that for last another time day. that was last time yeah, yeah. okay Well, until next time, we hope that you check out our page. There is a link to our PayPal if you want to help support the podcast at the bottom of the show notes. And we will see you in a few weeks. All right. Until then, Signation. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Sleep Takeout. We hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable. Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Remember, Sleep Nation, sleep well, dream big, and wake up refreshed. Bye. Bye.